Come on. Welcome to Dave and Mahoney. Are you talking about the screaming eagle of success? Oh, it is pretty loud in my headphones too sometimes. You don't love America, Audrey? I knew you were going with that. Why do you hate the troops? Dave and Mahoney. I don't even know if I know because, you know, I'm a communist. I don't know if <laughs> I know what an eagle sounds like. <laughs> All right. And now, this is Dave and Mahoney. Hello, friends. Some good news and some bad news to kick things off today. What would you like first there, my friend? Dave, let's start off today's show with some bad news. Yeah, I don't know why they really need to do a study on this, but they're saying too much caffeine can lead to sleep deprivation. So consuming... It's like, duh? Yeah, no, like, <laughs> it's like, it's the most obvious thing Do you thing know ever. what caffeine is used for? Isn't that the whole point of caffeine, is that it makes me not want to sleep but when I, guess, like, I do? But I guess the long-term effects? Yeah, so they're saying that high caffeine intake can make it difficult to fall asleep even if you have a whole bunch of caffeine earlier in the day. So, I mean, obviously, if you, you know, pound a couple of double espressos right before bedtime, uh, it could be a little challenging to fall asleep. But even if you just take a whole bunch of caffeine in your coffee earlier in the day, it can still make it more challenging. So the other day I had a coffee that was made wrong and I drank it and it didn't make me, you know, caffeinated really like in the way that you would think. I was thinking about that wrong made coffee all day long. While sleep over it, that barista... Did not put their Barussi into my my drink, and now I had a bad drink that I wasted eight bucks for, and I just I couldn't I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Well, it gave me nightmares. A, it has nothing to do with the actual caffeine content of that drink that kept you awake. You were just so furious at the barista that you wanted to go down there and fight. Almost them. wrote a review. You, you know what? Maybe you should. I should have Audrey one out of five stars. Beautiful little Karen right in front of us. Well, could you imagine if you you're a black coffee guy? Could mm-hmm. you imagine if you got a black coffee and then they gave you like a frappuccino? Well, yeah, but I'd, I'd probably—that's what—that's the beautiful thing about black coffee. You I never know. always know if it's screwed up. You never are not going to get what you ordered. That's fair. Maybe yeah. I should switch. Uh, some good news today as well. Elephants love hanging out with people. Yeah, man, they love us when we're kind to them. Yeah. So uh, some of the you know people uh, or animals rather in the animal kingdom, uh, pretty complex social creatures. Elephants certainly have a high level of intelligence, but it turns out that they actually really enjoy hanging out with people, which kind of gives me hope for humanity. They look at us. I read something. Now, whether or not this is just elephant rumors or not, that's that's to be... Elephant uh, propaganda. <laughs> yeah, right. Ellie propaganda. But um, they look at us and like human babies like puppies. They think like, oh, that's so cute. Turns out that it's not just elephants. Uh, penguins, jaguars, grizzly bears, polar bears, cheetahs, um, black-tailed prairie dogs all seem to exhibit positive responses all to right. visitors. There's no way a cheetah or a jaguar. I mean, I get their cats, but... <laughs> oh, I thought they were talking about the strip clubs. Yeah, right. Oh, oh, they yeah. love them. People they stop by. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. Dave Mahoney. Dave and Mahoney. You're listening to the Dave and Mahoney Show. You done, Audrey? What? You're over there making out with your dog. Ugh. You know, I was just telling her I love her. her. And all I hear is... Mm, 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 mm. I was telling her she was being a good girl. She was. She was barking in the studio earlier, which I could tell was making mom not too happy. Yeah, man, because what the heck? She's been on straight-up gremlin mode for like four days straight, and I don't know where it came from. And she's just on one. But thankfully, she is being good now. And I How needed old to is t- little Elmo today? She is go- 11 weeks. 11 weeks. So yeah. she's just kind of in it, finding her voice. Yes. So just a little, a little peek behind the curtain here. Uh, Elmo... Has actually been in the studio for you know multiple days now over the course of the time that you've owned her, mm-hmm. and she's always a pleasure to have around. Uh, but like you said, she's getting a little more rambunctious. She's 11 weeks old, kind of finding her voice, yes. barking a little bit more, and also uh, just straight up molesting the face of her pet monkey. Listen, she was just she loves love like she, her mother. Is that what I, that was? That that, that seemed very uh, fair. She knows. She is very, uh, she takes what she wants. Yeah, she, she, she's a, a young woman who knows what she wants at 11 weeks old. Yeah. <laughs> well, good for her, but it's uh, it's nice to have her around. Um, Audrey, you'll, uh, you'll appreciate this because uh, Tom Brady, uh, I guess, really can do it all. Uh, you know, we saw him as, you know, arguably the greatest of all time when he was yes. playing in the league. Yes. And then he retired, and then he came back. And, and he kind of, like, messed up his legacy, but whatever. I mean, not... Not the Did first he, year, but the second know. year. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't say to... necessarily he ruined his legacy. That's very dramatic of me. But it definitely felt like he could have gone out whenever he was on top, went to Tampa, got a ring, and he should have just stopped there. And then instead, he decided to keep going and uh, well, ruined his family. marriage. Yeah, blew, blew up the marriage. <laughs> that's, for, that's for sure. Uh, but uh, Tom Brady now has officially retired, and Tom Brady is going to be 
uh, a partial owner of the Las Vegas Raiders. Assuming that that goes through, there still has to be a vote. And, you know, 24 of the owners have to sign off on three-fourths of the league. But here's what's interesting is that there's all this talk with the Las Vegas Raiders and Jimmy Garoppolo potentially not being able to play anymore. And there's some talk that Tom Brady could potentially play for the Raiders as the quarterback. Interesting. And also be a part owner. And that so you can do that. That was the big question is right. whether or not, you know, if there's anyone that could pull it off that has the juice to be able to do it, you'd think that Tom Brady, who's been a real good ambassador for the game for, for many, many years and is one of the most, I would assume, attractive people to have on the ownership part of it. Yeah. Uh, to have him also playing while being a partial owner is kind of wild, but... It makes sense. Well, I mean, like, if, if you're a old, partial owner of another team and then playing for another one, exactly. that wouldn't make Kinda sense. Kind of like gambling. Yeah. It's like if you're you're rooting for your own self to win, why would that necessarily be in the crosshairs of not working out? Well, yeah, because for the longest time, it used to be that, um, you know, like fighters could bet on themselves to win, mm-hmm. but not to lose, which right. makes sense because you can throw a fight, obviously. But if you're betting on yourself to win, like, of course you're going to go out there and, and do try. everything in your power yeah. to try to get that win. So uh, the, the NFL actually came out and confirmed that Tom Brady would, hypothetically, if the owners sign off on it, be able to both be a partial owner of the Raiders and play for the Raiders. But he came out and said that I am officially retired, well, officially. I mean, that's, but he's done that before, right? So. Uh. Yes, he's officially retired, you know, unless it's a special He's making me exhausted on him. I mean, like, if I wasn't already a little Tom Brady exhausted over the, all of just the personal life drama that nobody cares about, like, in the mix, it's just kind of like, man, just quit being so dramatic. Just make a decision and stick with it. But this is a special circumstance. You know, he was going to be fully retired, and then, you know, Jimmy G's foot got hurt, and, you know, like, he owns the team he loves. Come on, Jimmy G. We yeah. need you to heal your foot because, I mean, you obviously could- Tom Brady would be a fantastic option. I mean, duh. But and I'm... You don't I feel want, like we would pick Tom over Jimmy G. But you, don't, I mean, you don't want Jimmy G to be uh, to be broken so you can fix him? I want Jimmy G to live his best stripper life in Las Vegas like he's meant to be. I mean, like, where else does Jimmy G fit better than Las Vegas? Will Tom Brady be the first owner slash player at the same time? Only time will tell. Dave Mahoney. This is the Dave and Mahoney Show. Yay! Got a comment, complaint, or opinion for Dave and Mahoney? Call 833-YO-DUMMY. Please record your message. This is the voicemail. Please leave a message after the tone. Dude, I got pulled over yesterday for going five miles an hour over. Who the hell pulled someone over for five miles an hour over the limit? I thought it was six. I thought that was six. Like, anyway, so ridiculous. Message deleted. You thought it was six? I thought it was... 10. I thought like it was it, 10 as well. If I'm going nine miles per hour over and I get pulled over, I'm like, what are you what, what are you doing, man? Don't you have better things to do than pull me over for going nine miles? Like if I got a, I don't think I've ever gotten a ticket for going nine miles an hour over. Ever. I've been arrested for speeding. That's a whole different story. But I was going a little more than nine miles an hour over. I probably probably deserved that one. I just started using my Apple Maps for everything and everywhere I go because we're all snitches on Apple Maps and Google oh, yeah. Google, Google Maps where um, we're saying, hey, there is a speed check ahead. Speed trap coming up. Yep. Yeah, every time. It's the, it's the old school you used to flash your headlights and uh, let people know there's a cop ahead now. Uh, Google Maps is fantastic. You it just is. sit there and add a little. We are all snitches. And it's a positive snitching, you know, because usually they say, don't snitch. Snitches get stitches. The old old saying. I think the law enforcement can even appreciate that. And maybe I'm just making that up. But I, I feel it's like... like social policing. Pe- people that are so <laughs> unaware when they're flying around the streets, like those are the people that need to be getting the tickets. Yeah, man. If you're very intentionally breaking the law and only when you think you can get away with it, I feel like you're aware enough that you're not a bad driver. Or, you know, people might just be saying like speed trap ahead and there's not really anybody there. So we're all just kind of slowing, slowing down. Slowing down anyhow. Yeah, yeah. it works. Leave a message after the Radio seems like a really fun job, but you have to know all the technology to get into it. It seems like some radio people are really knowledgeable, and then others have no idea. What do you guys think? Message deleted. All depends what you want to do. I mean, we have an engineer that we work with here. His name is Dave. Strong name. Um, but he is a fantastic engineer and knows so much that I could not even conceptualize him. Pretending to th- to act like I knew what the hell he was because doing. he knows how to build a radio station. He knows how to build towers and stuff like that. Yeah, like yeah. he he goes up to 
the towers and just does, I don't know, does he screw screws in tighter? Like, I don't know. I can't even imagine. He goes up there, does important work, <laughs> comes back. I don't ask. It's important. Yeah. He makes the station sound great. The but yeah, you're happens. right, man. There's people who just, ha- there, it is a sliding scale. <laughs> this industry is. Our producer, Chris, who actually has a lot of uh, technical know-how, is giving us a look right now like we're idiots. Well, I mean, yeah, but <laughs> like I actually went to broadcasting school. Did either of you go to broadcasting school? I did. Do you no. see my cup? Oh. It says University of Kentucky Broadcasting School right here. It just says UK. But yes, that's where I went. I went to I went to broadcasting school at a time when they were teaching us old tech like here's what's what was called cart players. They were kind of like eight track players sure. back in those days. And then you learned how to use CDs through and like none of that. Back technology. in the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't teach us how to use computer. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Super important relevant stuff <laughs> today. <Real? laughs> I just wanted to say I love the way you interact with each other on the show. It's like listening to friends have a conversation, and it always puts me in a good mood. Keep up the great work. Message deleted. That, I thought it was going to go a different direction. I thought he was going to pull a fast one on us and tell us how he hates us at the end. Uh, thank you for the kind words. And the, the secret sauce of the show, the reason why it sounds like it's friends having a conversation is because we actually like each other. We do. Yeah. There, there's a lot of shows out there that genuinely do not like each other. They're just doing it for a paycheck. I'm not mad at them. I get it. A lot of people go to work just because they want to get the paycheck. But we are very fortunate that we actually get to do this with people that we like. One of my favorite things about our show and our just friendship dynamic, too, is that, you know, with a lot of shows and it's it works for them. No knock to them. But you can just tell it's like overly nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like you guys are just like kissing each other's butt all morning long. Like, do you ever actually have a, a true friendship conversation oh, where oh, it's yeah. just like you rag on each other? Uh, that's Audrey, how real Audrey people do it. Call me out in a second if I do something stupid. <laughs> You'll do it to me, but that's again. I know, but that's because you're so stupid. Dude. <laughs> this is the Dave and Mahoney Show. Let's all play the movie quote quiz. Let's all play the movie quote quiz. Let's all play the movie quote quiz on Dave and Mahoney. Paul is joining us today for a round of the movie quote quiz. Paul, how are you today? Good. Do you have a favorite movie or a favorite genre? Um, okay, like action comedy. Action comedy, okay. Here we go with number one. Good luck to you. Keep it under 65. We don't want to be pulled over. Affirmative. No, 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 no. You gotta listen to the way people talk. You don't say affirmative or some shit like that. You say, no problemo. And if someone comes off to you with an attitude, you say, eat me. And if you want to shine them on, it's hasta la vista, baby. So we know that's Arnold, but do you know which film specifically, Paul? Um, Terminator 2? Yeah, there you go. I was just going to say, that's when he became a good guy, right? Yeah. Okay, because... Terminator 1, bad guy. Bad Terminator guy. 2, good guy. All right, here we go. On to number two. You're on the board with one point. Are you sure? Because if you want, I'll bring back the whole store for you. Annie, what, what's the matter? What's the matter? I'll tell you what's the matter. I go out of my way for you. I do everything to try and make you happy. I feed you. I clean you. I dress you. And what thanks do I get? Oh, you bought the wrong paper, Annie. I can't write on this paper, Annie. Well, I'll get your stupid paper, but you just better start showing me a little more appreciation around here, Mr. Man. That's our producer, Chris's Love Life, or what movie? (laughs) I have no idea. No idea. Uh, Audrey, do you know? I'm shaking my head. I got nothing. Chris, do you want to tag in? Absolutely, but, you know, screw you on that comment. Uh, One of the most disturbing movie scenes of all time, that sledgehammer scene, that is from the Kathy Bates and James Conn movie, Misery. Misery from 1990. Very nice. What? And I, that was horrifying. Actually, the entire time I was thinking, I actually kind of might enjoy this movie, but I've never seen it. Stephen King stories. Be right up your alley. Oh, wow. All right, here we go on to number three. You got two points thanks to the assist from Chris, but he is burnt as a lifeline. Here we go. What are you drawing? A liger. What's a liger? It's pretty much my favorite animal. It's like a lion and a tiger mixed. Brentford's skills and magic. Hmm. Hard to believe it's been almost 20 years since this one came out, but Paul, do you know it? Uh, nope. <laughs> Audrey, you want to tag in? Yeah, so this is going to show my age. This is Napoleon Dynamite, yeah. and that was the first movie that I, like, made out to. Ew. Yeah. Get your life together. Uh, 2004 for that one. All right, here we go. On to clip number four, and you got to get this one right on your own, Paul. Lifeless eyes. Black eyes. Like a doll's eye. When he comes at you, doesn't seem to be living. 
until he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white, and then, oh, then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming. The ocean turns red, and despite all the pounding and the hollering, they all come in, and they rip you to pieces. All right, Paul, for the win, that one takes us back to 1975. Do you know it? Uh, sounds like Jaws. Paul, congratulations. You are the winner today. This is Dave and Mahoney. Got a comment, complaint, or opinion for Dave and Mahoney? Call 833-YO-DUMMY. Please record your message. This is the voicemail. Please leave a message after the tone. Hey, happy voicemail segment, David Mahoney Show. So how's the move? Did you do any of it or did you pay someone else to move you? Message deleted. How's the move? Yeah, it's going great. Thanks for asking. It's uh, it's terrible. Like, we're in another Airbnb. I mentioned uh, yesterday that I moved four out of the last five days, and I'm just not done yet. I'm just so ready to be settled. And you, you, at least I know that I do take it for granted. Like, when you just, you know, have your routine, you go home, you know, everything's just how it should be. You just don't appreciate, like, how great that is mm-hmm. until it's gone. And yeah. I didn't think I'd ever say this, but I also... Uh, in now romanticizing how simple it used to be to move. You know, when you were in college and you had basically one little U-Haul that you'd pack up and you had a couple of friends, you know, help you move your dresser and your couch and that was kind of all you really needed. Now it's like, you know, got an 18-wheeler full of crap with four kids and it's just... You didn't throw a bunch of stuff away? So, yeah, we threw a ton of stuff away. I was Donated say- a, a bunch of stuff. I had a, like, the, a, they had a community garage sale one week before we moved. We just put stuff out there, like, free, just take it type thing. Gave away all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, how do we still have this An much crap? An 18-wheeler full. Just so much garbage, man. I don't feel, need it. I feel like I am in the throes of the move where, because my, my boyfriend and his daughter live in, you know, they don't live near me anymore. So I feel like I'm in the throes of it where I'm like, oh, this is dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm saying goodbye to them every week, knowing that yeah. that's like their life now. So I'm like, this is stupid. So I've just been eating tubs of cookie dough. That helps, um, And it right? does. It it's does co- help. It's yeah. my coping mechanism yeah. at the moment. Cookie dough. <laughs> you, you got a puppy and some cookie dough. I do, man. You're good, girl. Please leave a message after the tone. So we live in an age now where we have jobs like head of digital or content creator. Have any of you met with someone who has a job like that? They're so easy. All you have to do is schedule posts, follow a couple rules about length and camera angles, and yada yada, throw a couple hashtags on there, and boom. Uh, now you're making like 32 grand a year. Message That deleted. is just not true. No, it's not true That's at like all. not, and, that, and that's just coming from somebody who clearly has no idea anything about like SEO or just anything, any way of digital content creating. And that's just so, that's what old people think it is. The thing with, with <laughs> content creation is, yes, they hire all these people that are content creators, and then they realize that the content they create is really not that interesting, and so it fails, and it fails, and it fails. I'm being shadow banned. No, yeah. you're not being shadow banned. No, you're just putting out uninteresting crap. I really do hate that, though, because social media is the way that we do most marketing, period, these days. I mean, how many times do you hear about people who are not getting ads anymore for any of their streaming services? We don't like sit around the TV and look at ads like we used to, especially whenever I was a kid. Dave, I know you I guys know, have man. talked about it for Nickelodeon on Fridays for kids. Like, I remember just being so excited about the new Gak or, you know, the new Barbie doll or Furby or whatever I was getting, you know, thrown in my face. It's still the same thing, though. My kids just get fed that for content. For YouTube, though. On YouTube, sure. I mean, it's it, it's always evolving. Yeah. But, I mean, there's also something to be said about, I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm older than you, I don't trust buying things off Instagram unless it's a really reputable company because I've seen you get burned multiple times where you get, oh, that's a really cute blank and you decide to buy it and it turns out to be a huge scam. It's funny because the way that I now consume my ads is totally um, in a different realm now. So I'm much primarily on TikTok. I don't know a bunch of people, which is probably wouldn't. Blech. Oh my God, TikTok. Like, <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, I consume it. And the way that they're doing it is how we've seen it played out in movies where they're doing their normal thing and all of a sudden they're making their green drink and drinking it while they're doing whatever they're, whatever it is like throughout their day. Like product placement. Like here's them, yeah. Pepsi. Here's, you know, Pizza Hut. Like yeah. it's exactly like that. And it's just interesting to me that that's now the realm of advertisement for 
everyone. I mean, I guess the demo for what is Gen Z on TikTok the most, but uh, I, I see guess. so many people. Yeah. Please leave a message after the tone. I tried to organize an adult hide-and-seek tournament, but it was a complete failure. Good players are hard to find. Message deleted. You know, I'll tell you this much. My kids regularly uh, love to play hide-and-seek, and as uh, somebody that, Chris, you'll appreciate this, has a full-on dad bod, it is much harder to hide in places that <laughs> I think that I can fit, you know, because as a kid, you used to be able to wedge into these little teeny tiny places and you could have the best hiding spot. Oh, now yeah. it's like... You know, behind a curtain. I remember my, feet sticking uh, out. That's my parents it. had a waterbed growing up, and there was a little spot behind the waterbed. I mean, t- the tiny, when you look at it today, it's impossible to think that I would fit in there, but I would crawl in there and hide. But now, yeah, I tried to get out of the car in the garage and you're like, like oh, skip around the car, like, oh, oh, there's my belly. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine how terrible that could have been if you were hiding in that really good hiding spot under your parents' waterbed? <laughs> oh, God. And they didn't know that you were in no. there. This is the Dave and Mahoney this Show. This is the Dave and Mahoney Show. Blitz, glamour, and out-of-touch celebrities. Well, that's redundant. It's Pop Trash. I'm Dave and Mahoney. We've heard a lot of negative stuff recently in the news about Britney Spears, so I'm glad to see that we're finally balancing it out with some negative news about KFED. Who would imagine that Kevin Federline would have come out of this as the more stable of the two in that relationship? Uh, but Kevin Federline never paid on a bill for his kid's private school, and now the school is saying that he owes over $15,000, according to a new lawsuit, which, I mean, $15,000 to normal people like us is a lot of money, but $15,000 when you're talking about, like, Britney Spears money and even K-Fed money. I actually thought that she was supposed to be fronting that bill. Uh, Yeah, I thought so, too, but maybe there was something, a part that he was responsible for. Uh, So he's being sued by the West Valley Christian School, where K-Fed and his current wife, Victoria, send their two daughters. So it may not have anything to do with the kids that he shares with With Brittany. Brittany, So that may make sense. But the prep school claims that they signed a payment contract back in August of 2018, haven't paid since May of 2019. And, man, when you talk about an elementary school and being $16,000 behind on that, like, that's... That's just expensive, man. Yeah. To send kids to a private school is just really, really costly. I also saw something in the news about them trying to move to, like, Hawaii or something. Yeah. And him trying to get Brittany to be okay with their move to Hawaii or or else. Like, right. I just don't like whenever you're using your children as weapons. And I also just don't like when you're using your children in ways to gain access to education because of who you are and you're still not paying the bill. Like, you are a wealthy person. How are you still not paying this bill? Speaking of paying bills, uh, Jeff Bezos uh, just got engaged to Lauren Sanchez, and they, uh, they're having their Malibu home uh, built for them, so they decided that they were going to rent a house. In the meantime, they're renting Kenny G's house in the area. And when you think about how much Kenny G's house would rent for, yes, it's a palatial estate, obviously. That's why Jeff Bezos and Lauren Sanchez are living there. How much do you suppose it costs to rent per month Kenny G's house in Malibu? $9,000? No, a little more than that. Really? Like a million? I don't know. <laughs> it's it's not, not not a million dollars a month. But not that far off. It's $600,000 a month. Jeez Louise. To rent this place. So they're just waiting on all the furnishings to show up for their house. And again, you know, one of the richest men in the world, he can afford it. But the idea that Kenny G's house is renting out for $600,000 a month is just incredible considering like i mean it's a big house but it's not that big it's 5500 square feet it's on two and a half acres has a big backyard a pool screening room recording studio 3500 square foot guest house it's right there on an exclusive beach in malibu all that stuff but you're talking about six hundred thousand dollars a month for 5500 square feet just seems like a lot well yeah but this kind of goes back to the conversation we've had in the past where it's like how are you not taking into account that it's a celebrity's home of like Kenny G stature that would definitely like up the property value of wherever you're staying? Oh, like, you, yeah. But I mean, if you're Jeff Bezos, do you care about that? I don't know. I feel like it would make it more romantic. Maybe That's probably so. why. Because it's Kenny G's it's house. Kenny G. They just got engaged. Yes. So like, let's put on some Kenny G. Yes. I bet there's saxophones everywhere. Yeah. Let's go have some saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> have Dave some Mahoney. Sax. Congratulations, guys. This is Dave and Mahoney. Time to play Tipsy through the quad. or Toddler on Dave and Mahoney. Come on, Allison is joining us today for a round of Tipsy or Toddler. Allison, let me ask you one question before we get going today. Have you spent any time 
around drunk people or little kids as of late? Oh, yeah, uh, both, yeah. Both, yeah. yeah. It's my life, too. All right, so we're going to read you some things that were said. You're just trying to figure out if it was a very drunk person that said it or a little kid. And again, as you know, somebody that spent time around both, uh, similar things are said between drunk people and little kids. Uh, little kids act like drunk people all of the time. Here we go with number one. You ready, Audrey? Yep. Okay. Get over here. <laughs> I'm fine. No tractor or trailer parking, and that's why I... I'm a car. Is that a tipsy person or a toddler? I'm going to say a tipsy person. A tipsy person is correct. You're on the board with one. Let's have a listen. Get over here. I'm fine. <laughs> no tractor or trailer parking. And that's why I'm a car. <laughs> She's a car, folks. All right. Uh, on the board with one. Well done, Allison. On to number two here. But, um, you know who I'm trying to be right now. Ooh. But, um, but Sonic the Hedgehog to beat your ass. <laughs> Is that a tipsy person or a toddler? What? Oh, no. Um, I'm going to say a toddler. Toddler is correct. Very nice. But, um, you know who I'm trying to be right now? Who? But, um, but to be... Sonic the Hedgehog to beat your f***ing ass up. Whoa! Jeez, kid. Wow. What? Okay, here we go. You're doing great. You're on the board with two the full points. The aggression of that child. Okay, sorry, Dave. Go ahead. On to number three. I did not fart. It was Danny. He farted. Oh, no. Believe me, I know Danny's fart. Aussie's Camry. That's... What's that mean in portion? I know that for a fact. I'm being arted. It's going to be Matt, me right now. <laughs> tipsy or toddler? That one is tough. That is tough. I'm going to say tipsy. Yes, you are killing this game today. Yay. <laughs> I did not fuss. <laughs> it was Danny, he farted. Oh, no, believe me, I know Danny's fart. Oh, so generally, I know that for a fact. <laughs> I just took creative freedom and just You didn't attempted. know? I, I thought you found that clip. You had no idea no, that that was an Australian person? <laughs> no, wow. <dude>. I just, <laughs> wow, that is impressive. What? And by the way, yes, that was my attempt at a British accent or Australian, whatever that was, and failed miserably. It so. was wonderful. All right, Thanks, so, man. Allison, you're doing great. You can actually win it right here if you get this one correct. Okay. We just need to love right every everyone, right? So, I love you. You don't know me. Um, but I love you. Tipsy or toddler for the win today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say tipsy again. Dude, she's so good. Four for four, absolutely crushed it. Let's have a listen. We just need to love right every everyone, right? So I love you. You don't know me. Um. But I love you. This is Dave and Mahoney. There's nothing quite as fun as the unexpected expense. And Lily is joining us here on the Dave Mahoney Show. What was your unexpected expense recently? Well, my boyfriend said, you need to get your battery checked. Your car's almost four years old. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it'll be 150 bucks. Okay, I'll go do it. And I needed new wiper blades because the monsoon's coming. Mm-hmm. I take it into the dealer. Uh, Tuesday, almost three hundred bucks. Three hundred dollars. Okay, the credit card. Yeah, Jeez. for a bat, just for a battery and two wiper blades. And the wiper blades, you can't. On my car, I have a Camry. You can't take the wiper blades, and you can't do it yourself because you can't even lift them up. And that's how they get you, man. It used to be back in the day. Like, you'd be able to change everything yourself, and it was easy to do. And now, every time you go in, a couple hundred bucks here, maybe a couple of thousand dollars there. Uh, Kayla on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Mahoney, said, My eight-year-old son had an extra adult tooth, so he had to have one removed and move one forward along with a couple other things. He also is going to need braces, probably two phases, and a retainer. The part the insurance doesn't cover, $2,800. Isn't that fun? For braces? 
for moving a tooth, essentially. And the insurance, they have insurance, but it didn't cover the moving of the tooth. And insurance is also anticipating that there is going to be two rounds of braces that are going to be necessary. So the reason why I bring this up uh, is because yesterday I get a text message from the contractor. And Chris, you're pretty familiar with like renovating houses and what a pain that can be. Yeah, it's stressful. Because I have a friend that told us like before we started doing any of this stuff, hey, just expect without question that it is going to be more expensive and it's going to take longer than you anticipate. Yeah, you really need to pad that budget by at least a third. Yeah, and so... Uh, our budget is totally blown already, which is pretty awesome. And I get the call yesterday. Hey, uh, yeah, we're, because we're changing out the floors and we're doing painting. Like those are the two things that we're trying to get done right now. And uh, they're like, oh yeah, we're, we're putting all new baseboards in as well. And we're like, well, yeah, like that is included in the cost of the flooring, right? Because that's part of the flooring. You have to rip all the baseboards off to get all the flooring out. And then you have to put new ones in. And baseboards, I didn't think were really that expensive. Contractor tells me, for baseboards. And listen, baseboards, uh, they're very important. Obviously, you have to have it. It's a matter of how much square footage I think you have. Because baseboards, I personally, I've done them. I don't think they're that much money. And this is that moment where you have to go, is it worth the labor cost? But the problem is, the the pictures I've seen uh, from Brittany of the house, it looks like a nice house. You, that's not a DIY thing. I've got zero skills to be able to pull that off anyhow. Yeah, there's YouTube videos. Well, let me ask you this, Dave, because whenever you bought this house and whenever you guys decided to do this home and renovate it from the inside, does it make you feel like you're going to have to put a pause on any other construction things in the house? Because you're just you're just doing floors and cabinetry right now, like, and you guys are wanting to redo the entire inside of the house. Like, is this like a? No, 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 we're not. No, we're not. Nope, nope, nope. Just that's it. Yeah, you said the outsides too. No, the the outsides fine. Okay, so there you go. The wife's already starting to talk about stuff like that. She's like, oh. Oh, wouldn't it be cute if we did this over here? And so I'm you like, need to nah, put a pause on it. Not really. Yeah, we we're not doing anything else. Like, get, let's get the paint done and the floors done and the cabinets. Like, I she mean, wants this is your forever then. home. You got plenty of time to get to that. Forever. Yeah, that, that's why you keep telling her. She's like, nah, you're probably gonna get fired. This is the Dave and Mahoney Show. So nothing like an unexpected expense to really grind your gears. John is joining us on the program today. John, did you have a surprise expense as well? Yeah. I last Thursday evening after dinner, my wife turns the water on in the faucet, and we have no hot water. Oh no! So I come out and look, and the bottom of the pan's leaking a little. Call company; they come out the next day. Matter of fact, pro, props to Parker and Son. Mm-hmm. Okay, they put a brand new ten-year warranty hot water heater in. It's $3,600. $3,600. What a what a fun yeah. way to wrap up the evening. You, know, just, you, know, you had a nice dinner. You're ready to sit down on the couch. And then you realize, <laughs> not only do I have to pay $3,600, I'm also going to not have a warm shower in the morning while this is getting fixed. That yeah, just it, Well, it's warm enough you don't have to worry about it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just crack a window. <laughs> See, everybody's yeah, stories yeah. are so much Thanks sweeter than in. mine are. Mine would be like whenever I was in college and I went to um, OSU for a weekend and tripped on a curb because I was a little too uh, feeling good off the drinks. Uh-huh. Tripped on a curb, hit my chin, woke up in the hospital, and they put me in an ambulance. And that ambulance ride was not cheap. It was so expensive. All things in. I ended up staying the night. Had to get IVs. Had to get stitches. The ambulance, it was like $3,000 on my parents' bill because I was like 22 flat, I think. $3,000 for being drunk and falling over? They were so <laughs> they were so pleased and proud of me, I yeah, think, in that moment. Yeah, they were that- like, you know what? We raised her right. We did a really good job. That you, you know, University of Kentucky uh, education's really uh, being put to good use. She's making really good life decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Dave Mahoney said, "My son ended up in the hospital. There and they we were go. giving him an antiseptic drug. They gave him five rounds of it, and we ended up getting a bill for three hundred and thirty-six thousand ah! dollars." It was like sixty grand per shot. He said he appealed it and got it down to twelve hundred and fifty dollars, which still is a lot of money. But you're talking about three hundred and thirty-six thousand dollars because they gave him six rounds of this drug. I guess it was six rounds of the drug, and it was like fifty grand ish per pop of the drug. And then they're like, "Oh yeah, no, if you appeal it, then it's only." And there's you know, just no way that drug is fifty thousand dollars a no pop. No way, man. That's crazy. Um, this one on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Mahoney. And Audrey, I think that this one's going to get you right in the feels. Said we adopted 
this little munchkin, and it's a picture of a little black cat in January. Mm. And at her first vet checkup, we found out that she had a major heart murmur caused by a heart defect, and it would have killed her within a year unless she had surgery to fix it. And I've been in this situation before. Uh, my old girl, Bailey, my sweet little puggle, who, mm. uh, who's no longer with us, but she got diagnosed, same sort of thing, like, hey, she has to have surgery basically tonight or she's going to die type thing. Mm-hmm. This was the exact same amount that I paid for Bailey. Uh, a month and $6,000 later, thank you to everyone who donated, by the way, on the GoFundMe, uh, she is recovering and rocking her pink and purple T-shirt to protect her stitches. She's worth every penny. We're in debt now and looking forward to a very long, happy life with our sweet little Pepper. No, oh, poor little Pepper. Glad that that worked out for you guys. Man, but I tell you what, when you talk about an unexpected expense, if you don't have pet insurance and your sweet little animal gets sick, at least for me, uh, Chris, you probably feel the same way, right? Where you're like... Just take it. Just take all the money. Yeah, I actually went through this with a Pomeranian I had years ago who had a very rare brain condition called meningoencephalitis. And I think all in all, between the, the animal hospitals that I visited and all the testing and drugs, it was like $21,000. $21,000? Yeah. And I didn't think twice because that was, you know, like for people like me, like your dog is your is your child. Right. So didn't, didn't think twice about it, but man, they get you every time. I know some friends that would much rather pay $21,000 for their pet than their than their kid. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're listening to Dave and Mahoney. Yeah, um... Dave and Mahoney present... Uh... We're special curling fries. Fast, fast food, food freakout. Freak Shut up and listen to my order. Dan is joining us for a round of fast food freakouts. Dan, do you have a favorite fast food restaurant? Oh, I'm going to say probably Smashburger. Smashburger. Okay, that's a good choice. Uh, these freakouts that you're about to hear happen in fast food restaurants across this great country of ours. You're trying to figure out which fast food restaurant the freakout happened in. And added level of difficulty today, Mahoney, who is the world's leading fast food forensic expert, not here to help out. But Audrey, you got to step up your game. I don't know if I'm going to be able to help you out here, Dave, because I am a picture-perfect pillar of health. Mm, um, I eat only you would, organic. You would never sell Fresh your... farm eggs. Yes. I actually <laughs> lay the eggs myself. <laughs> uh, so, again, Audrey may or may not be able to help you out, Dan, but I'm going to give you a multiple choice after I play the audio from you. you got to get two out of three correct in order to win today. Are you ready? Yep, let's do it. Here we go. So I'm going to tell the owner, you're f- Losing money because we want to make a big order of food. No, Give me the f- chicken or I'm going to cause a scene. We ordered food and you want to refuse it. Look at you. You're telling me you're not being rude? Yeah. Give me my chicken. I came 30 miles to get a f- chicken. F- your chicken. You like Google reviews? Oh, you like Google reviews, you said. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> Is that, and that's a man who really wanted his chicken, A, a Carl's Jr., B, an Arby's, or C, a Burger King? I'm going to tell you right now, there's nobody who's frequenting the inside of a Carl's Jr. like that to where they're going to be getting into an altercation. So, Dave, Mm. can we get that one off? You want to take Carl's Jr. out? Uh, Yeah, you can remove Carl's Jr. Yep. Now, so we're left with an Arby's or a Burger King. Mm -hmm. Now, I feel like whenever you're going to the place of the meats, you're not really going with that much hostility. I feel like if you're going to Burger King, especially for a chicken sandwich or chicken nuggets or whatever chicken item that he's going in there for, he's already angry because he's having to stop at Burger King in order to get some chicken. All right. Dan, do you agree? Do you think that it is Burger King today? Yeah, I think I'm going to agree Burger King. Yeah. Good job, guys. Way to suss that out. No one's going to Arby's to get chicken. I understand they they might have have like... They have like turkey sandwiches, maybe chicken sandwiches, but I mean, that's... You ain't going there for chicken. If you're going to Arby's for chicken, I'm mad at you. I didn't even know they had chicken. Yeah. All right, so here we go on to number two. You can actually win it right here if you get this one correct. This is a manager who had two women trespassed from the restaurant, and they would not leave, so the police had to come and get involved. Good luck. What's the reasonable explanation of why I have to leave? You got five minutes? So that's a real short one there. It's just them arguing with what? the cop. That's it. What's the reasonable explanation of why I have to leave? You got five minutes. You got five minutes. That's it. So the manager saying you got to get out. Is that A, a Wendy's, B, a tropical smoothie, or C, Jack in the Box? It's difficult. Dan, do you have a guess? I'm just going to say tropical smoothie because it's a wild card. Yeah. Wow. What a good job. 
How did you even get that? Right. I like I like the guess. Let's let's just try the third one for fun, even though you've already won. This is an irate customer going off about a worker licking Cheetos off of her fingers. Oh. Yeah. This girl over here took and dug into a Cheeto bag, licked her fingers, and then grabbed the customer's food. Customer's food. We don't want that nasty. We don't know she been licking. We don't know what the hell she been doing. I mean, I don't disagree with her if that was actually happening. That is so foul. Was sitting there eating Cheetos and then grabbing food. Ugh. Is that A, a Domino's, B, a McDonald's, C, a Subway? Okay, so I feel like that's way too many beeps and way too busy for a Subway. And one thing that I will say about the beeps that Mahoney says every time, the man who has been to at least 100,000 McDonald's in the entire world, he says every time he hears a beep, it's the fries at a McDonald's. Dan, do you agree? Uh, that's a good uh, theory. Uh, I'm just going to say Subway because I know that's the only place that sells bags of chips. You know what? That, that's a good guess, but unfortunately, Audrey was exactly right. That was McDonald's, oh, but okay. it doesn't matter. You still win today, Dan. Congratulations to you. All right. Thanks, guys. This is Dave and Mahoney. So every day we learn something new about Audrey, and I, I love that for us. And today we are learning that you have not just uh, developed a propensity to find bookstores and go into them, but you have fallen in love, your words, not mine, with bookstores. Yes, I have definitely romanticized bookstores. I don't know what it is. It's like the smell. I do know what it is. It's the smell. It's the environment. It's calm. It's inviting. Sometimes there's like like general just slight musical ambiance in the background. Like I just really enjoy bookstores and you know Barnes and Noble is really all I had until recently and I found one by my house oh this is a big deal for you because again uh, you were a big Barnes and Noble fan in fact I believe that you were the only person that went in a Barnes and Noble between 2019 and 2023 that's not fair (laughs) (laughs) or true (laughs) but bookstores are a thing of the past for a lot of people right because they'll just buy them online or they'll do the e-readers or whatever it may be Um, and what you're talking about like finding a little hidden nook bookstore and walking in and the environment. It's so foreign to me because I would just never do that. It is the cutest thing. So I'm going to pull up a picture real quick, Dave. And I showed it to my boyfriend and he was like, oh my gosh, that's very like Beauty and the Beast. They had like ladders everywhere so you could go up to the top. It was a um, used, like you could buy and sell used books. Okay, so it looks again like you're the only human in this store was was that the case like was it pretty there was like maybe four other people that's really really cute isn't it quaint cute and when i walked in i actually got emotional first of all (laughs) because i was like oh my gosh this is the cutest thing ever so i i kind of like make my way get some books that i'm i'm you know that i'm interested in at the moment and um there was a guy who was walking around kind of helping people find you know some some literature Mm -hmm. and i look over and it's like the the stereotypical from a movie creepy library book guy who may or may not be blind. Oh. Okay. Who owns the bookstore? Yeah. And um, I was like, wow, this is very interesting. You know, and his name is Mike. I talked with him and he's very kind and found out a little bit about the bookstore, but I felt like he was judging me because of the books that I ended up buying. Really? Yeah. So I bought five books. What kind of books did you buy? I brought them so that I, I can remember. You brought remember. them? I brought them so I can remember the books that I got. Is that why you were huffing and puffing coming up like, the stairs today? Because <laughs> she, she's like, she brought her dog in, which we love when Elmo's here. But she's got her bag and she walks up the stairs. And Audrey, you're like, you're in pretty good shape, right? And you're just kind of like, oh, I don't know why I'm so tired. And now it makes sense. You brought five books with you. So I brought five books with me today. And um, these are the books that... I was checking out, and the first one, he goes, oh, okay, Nietzsche. And I was like, yes. So they're all books on philosophy and psychology. You bought some Nietzsche. Okay. Yeah, so right. uh, Nietzsche, The Unheard Cry for Meaning, Naturalism and Subjectivism, Social Choice and Individual Values, and The Six Questions of Socrates. So, Audrey, are you like going through like a little crisis right now? Like, a question of why, an existential crisis. But it's funny because he, he was like, oh, okay. He was like, and we were kind of having a conversation about the books. I was checking out. And he's so much older than me that I couldn't banter millennial style with him about like this pivotal moment of no longer feeling like a kid, but where do you go from here? It's it's funny to me, but I felt like he was 
concerned. <laughs> Will you give us a follow-up on if you do, in fact, discover the meaning of life? Oh, dude. I can't hardly... I'm having to look up every other word in these books, man. Are you really? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. tough. But, uh, yeah, no, if I find out the meaning of life, I'll give back to you. Because apparently you. there's a big secret. Appreciate Nobody knows that. it. And you found it in a little hidden bookstore. <laughs> Dave Mahoney. This is the Dave and Mahoney Show. Yay! Got a comment, complaint, or opinion for Dave and Mahoney? Call 833-YO-DUMMY. Please record your message. This is the voicemail. Please leave a message after the tone. Dave, I know you're very particular about the type of pens you use, so I thought of you when someone brought this up to me. There must be a pen out there that holds the record for being stolen the most, but we'll never find out where it is. Message deleted. You know, you're exactly right, and I love that you know that about me when it comes to the type of pen. There it is right there. uh, That I like. Flap your pen on the mic. Oh, there it is. There he it is. has a pen in his hand, that ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> my tiny, tiny pen that you can barely hear. Uh, yeah, no, it's a it's a very specific type of pen that I like. And Chris, as you know, like when I like something, I'm just that's that's my thing. You're infatuated with it. Yeah, no, I'm 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 in love. I'm committed to it. What type of pen is this? Uh, it's just a Uniball Deluxe Fine Pen. So is it one of those ones that just glides on the paper? It does. Oh, yeah, see, I love write, those pens it writes too. Nice. But who I know still that- writes. What is this? The nineteen hundreds. Yeah, some people have to do business. Okay, some people are over here working. You're you're literally reading a philosophy book, petting your puppy right now in the studio. Meanwhile, I'm furiously working over here. Look what at this are you doing? Look at this writing. You see that at Look the bottom at that. of that? That I wrote is that. printed on paper. And okay, what did you at write? At the bottom. What does it say? A guy called and gave me a tip on a, on a baseboard company. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hard to work over but, here, Dave. So I have a I have a, a thing with these pens, but I I know that if I just bring one in and then it gets stolen, I'm going to be upset. And so what I That's do? Fair. I buy them in bulk, and that way everyone can enjoy the fine, smooth writing of my fine pens. So, you're like you're like Mahoney. You're still like Mahoney in that regard. I want everyone to be happy. Yeah, I want everyone yeah. to be happy. Yeah. You know, yeah. I worked at a company once that that taped uh, plastic spoons to their pens so people wouldn't steal them. Audrey, try it. Here. Here. I was just going to say, yeah. I uh, I think I might have jacked one of these pens from you. Oh, you jacked oh. my pen? I didn't mean to, but let me write Audrey works <laughs> harder than... Dave. Yeah, it actually works Disney really writes, well. Yeah, he, he even writes pen. lies really well. Please leave a message after the tone. Um, what is each of your claims to fame when it comes to social media? Like, have any of you had your favorite band mention you or a famous person reposted you? I'm just wondering, like, what's your social media moment? Message deleted. I feel like None. that's so silly. That's so lame. I was just going to, we work in the music industry, so I mean, that happens, but I, I, Really think imagine, that they are like, just people too, so it just doesn't. Can you imagine having a moment where you're like, "Oh my god, this band reposted me." Blech. Nah. No one cares. Some people no. do though. Some people I really know. get excited over I know. that. And you're a dork if you do. <laughs> it's not the band. They got somebody working for them that's doing their social media account anyway. It's not yeah. really them. Oh my gosh. Okay, so actually, that is so funny you mentioned that because whenever I was a wee tot starting off in this industry, I was tot. so ex- I was so excited because this chick um, who I was a fan of, like just indie chick. Uh, and I were kind of corresponding on Twitter. And again, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought she's an indie artist and I didn't think she had PR. So I was like, oh, like where I'm kind of just chumming up with this chick. And I met her, we ended up doing an event with her. And I was like, hey, like it's really nice like chatting with you. Like, do you want me to grab you a beer? Blah, 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 blah. And she was like, oh, look, it, she was like, that was my PR. And I was like, oh my gosh. You thought this whole time that you've been been talking directly with her? The whole time. And she's like, no. Because she's a baby band. You know, I didn't think that they had PR for baby bands at that time. This is like probably about seven years ago now. Oh, that's so embarrassing. I was mortified. I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh yeah, I don't know who you are. (laughs) I Uh, have no idea who you are. This is my PR too. You're like, I thought (laughs) we were best friends. Audrey, who's your biggest enemy? You don't have to give any names, but why are they enemy? Also, would you be open to maybe sitting down with them and hashing out whatever problem you might have between you and you and her, him, them? Message deleted. I don't really feel like I have enemies. I have people who I just don't speak to anymore because they know what they did or I know what I did and we just decided to just not be friends anymore, which that happens legitimately slim to none. There's one person on the top of my head that I can feel like I actually like blocked them sort of out of my life. 
And um, it was just because they purposefully embarrassed me and like went out of their way to kind of like make it seem like I was the punching bag of the joke, the butt of the joke. And I just don't like that. I don't like being a laughing point for someone else's expense, like to make them look better in the situation. And I didn't like that very much. And she never apologized. And now we just don't talk. You don't have any enemies, huh? Hmm. Yeah, me either. Hmm. Audrey. This is the Dave and Mahoney Show. So, Audrey, you uh, shared something with me off the air that I found to be really interesting, and I'm curious what kind of Jedi mind trick has been pulled here. But you said that uh, that recently, because uh, I mean, you and your boyfriend have been together for a year now, right? Yeah. Just past a year, of, past of, a year. of knowing each other. Of our and, first date. Yeah, um, which is exciting. Congratulations on that. But um, recently you said that you feel, and I don't know if this is a, a point in the relationship where this kind of naturally happens in every relationship, right? Where you kind of start to let the guard down a little bit and share your true feelings. But <laughs> you're like pitching him different things to do, including restaurants to go to. And you said he hasn't been receptive as of late. No, yeah. So, I mean, it's not necessarily that he's been receptive. It's been like when we're going to them. He's a big foodie guy. We've talked about this and I am too, but I'm not as picky um, whenever it comes to foods delighting me. And activities delighting me. Yeah. And I'm noticing that when we're going out places, he's like, oh, like I just didn't really enjoy that. I'm like, dang. And I'm like, we, I took him to, you know, uh, at the Botanical Gardens recently. Mm-hmm. Um, him and his daughter were not about that. So like 10 minutes in they were like, let's go. No, let's bounce. And Elmo wasn't feeling it either. So, um, you know, it was really just me, party of one who was kind of excited <laughs> to go. Yeah. But they, I was like, you know, why don't we look it up online before we go? Same with menus. Look it up online. I'm sending them the menus. And they're just like, man, like, no, whatever. It's fine. We'll get there. I'm sure it's good. So this is why I think it's a Jedi mind trick. And Chris, tell me if you agree with this or not. Um, I've never been in a relationship where I've had my girl pitching me on doing stuff. It's always the other way around where I'm like, hey, what do you want to do tonight? Or what do you want to eat? I don't care. And then I run through... 30 different things of what we nah. could do. And it's like, no, 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 no. And so the fact that he's got you on the ropes. He's doing the, the no, no, yeah, no, no, that's no, crazy no. to me. <laughs> no. It's wild. Yeah. You know what? And, and as a single guy in the dating world right now, I keep hearing more and more about how women want to be told like yes. where we're going. Like yes. you don't want like a guy that's like, hey, what do you, what do you want to do? You want a guy that's like, we're going to do this, no. this, and this. I but want definite, tell me where we're going. Every time I've done that, I've gotten... Uh, no, I mean, no, I'm not, you know, so I don't, I don't get it. This is very confusing for men. Very, very confusing. So, so you tell him, Audrey, is he doing it wrong? Does he need to be more assertive? Like, hey, this is what we're doing. And no, if she it, says, I don't feel it, you're like, doesn't so matter. We're going there anyhow. I feel we're like going it's to the monster truck rally. Different <laughs> whenever it's like date one. If yeah. you're indecisive on date one, it makes me feel like you haven't even thought about the date. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of giving me that pre- preconceived notion of like, are, are you really even sure? Because you don't even have anything planned. Mm. And that could kind of be seen as dramatic. But I mean, if you're telling me like, hey, I would love to take you out, you know, if se- I would be more apt to be like the uncertainty of time, like seven o'clock or 10 o'clock, which one works better for you or versus like, where, where would you like to go? Like- does seven o'clock or does eight o'clock work better for you? Because I've got this restaurant I'd love to take you to. Yeah, like because I've picked the restaurant, you just pick the time. You don't even sort of have thing. to actually have the restaurant nailed down at that moment. You just say, "I have a restaurant I'd love to take you to," and then you kind of. Well, you know, I, I would love to do find that. out which one has a reservation open at eight yeah, o'clock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the element of mystery, right? Like I'm going to take you on kind of some kind of super date. But in today's world, for a girl to get into your car and don't know where you're taking her, yeah, that's like a big no-no. Yeah, no, I I met up with my boyfriend for the first date. I drove separate. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah safe. Because I didn't, I mean, it was also just dinner. It's funny, the first time that I went out with my wife, uh, my, my car was in the shop and I had the jankiest Dodge Stratus <laughs> rental vehicle. The loader car, yeah. like, like for the like, mask. I was like, God, do I tell her that this is just like, because I mean, like, one of the hubcaps is missing. Like, this thing was beat up. No, set the bar low. Yeah, If she exactly. loves you then, then yeah. she'll love you with the real That's car. That's right. There we go. This is Dave and Mahoney. When your lifetime goal is to own a partial interest in a fireworks stand, it's the Redneck Report. Dog will hunt. On Dave and Mahoney. Why is it that naked people with weapons are so much scarier than clothed people with weapons? 
And, and it should be the opposite because they should be more vulnerable. Right. And maybe it's just because it feels like they have so little to lose. Like they're at a certain point where they're just like, I'm ready to go to jail. Shameless. Uh, officers received a disturbance call on the Space Coast of Florida about 5 p.m., which again, not late enough for this to be happening. Saw a man wearing a T-shirt carrying a shovel in his hands, holding it as a weapon. 38-year-old guy was questioned by the cops, and he told them that he uh, came to the park just to smoke a joint, saw two women who he accused of beating him up, saying, I got my ass beat last week by those girls. One of the women told officers that she had become irate for, or that he had become irate for an unknown reason and started swinging a wooden shovel at her head. Thankfully, uh, cops were there in time, and uh, the woman said that she ducked to avoid being struck in the face, but the shovel did make some contact with the top of her head, and the cops arrested this guy. Uh, Remains in jail on a $27,500 bond, which, again, does not seem enough to be mostly naked, and Winnie Winnie the Poohing it, too. You're wearing a T-shirt, but no pants, no undies, and you're holding a shovel, swinging it at people? He didn't even go viral. Remember that one video of the two girls fighting, and she picks up a shovel and oh, doink, yes. doink? I can hear that noise in my head, reliving doink. that viral video. Absolutely. I feel like if at anything, you are going to be swinging and wielding a a shovel Winnie the Poohing it, you should at least have viral fame. I feel like the uh, that doink that you're talking about doink. is so iconic. <laughs> That you could play that for me in 50 years from now, and I'd be like, I know exactly where that's from. That video, yep. those two yep. trailer park girls out here. <laughs> so some people are real weird with their side hustles. I mean, you know, a lot of people will do, okay, I'm going to do, you know, drive for DoorDash or I'm going to drive for Lyft or whatever it is, right? Sure. Like, that's pretty normal. You can make like $70,000 a year doing a lot of those jobs Absolutely actually on tips. Absolutely you can, yeah. Uh, but this is, a, this is a strange one to me. Uh, two dozen rare baby parrot eggs were found in a man's luggage that he was carrying. So I guess this guy had been smuggling these parrot eggs in a cleverly disguised incubator. (laughs) Okay. Disguised as what? Between Nicaragua on the way to Taiwan. So, I mean, it's not like it's an easy trip either. Soon after discovering the eggs, the agents transported the birds because they had hatched to the Rare Species Conservatory, which provided round-the-clock care. I guess a parrot smuggler facing... 20 years in prison. I didn't even know that parrots were that protected. I didn't either, but I guess when you're smuggling parrot eggs internationally, it's a big problem for people. Who knows? Uh, Finally, another naked man. Uh, This one comes to us also from Florida. About 2.14 a.m. on Sunday, there was a crash upon arrival. They found a pickup truck had crashed into and completely severed a utility pole. Driver not at the scene. Less than an hour later, deputies responded to a home after getting reports of a burglary and a naked man banging on the door. They found a 39-year-old by the name of Kevin at the home. He had several injuries, face and legs. He was the owner of the crash truck, told deputies that the truck had been stolen, you know, even though he was injured and naked and nearby. Uh, He later changed his story, saying, oh, he had seizures and he didn't remember anything. Uh, Yeah, they did a BAC, higher than the legal limit. He was arrested and faces charges of indecent exposure, criminal mischief, resisting an officer without violence, leaving the scene of a crash, DUI, three counts of DUI with property damage, held on $14,000 bond. Just normal. Just a normal day. I'm just curious. For all of these people, just a normal day. Like, this is legit. We were reporting this because somebody in their lives were just like, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. This is going to be part of my... Part of my story. This is the, this is the headline of my tale. I'm gonna I'm gonna crash my truck, and I'm just really curious at which point he went. You know what I need to get rid of? Not the evidence. No, all of my clothes. Just go butt naked. I need to get butt naked and go bang on my neighbor's door. This is the Dave and Mahoney Show. Yay! Got a comment, complaint, or opinion for Dave and Mahoney? Call eight three three Yo Dummy. Please record your message. This is the voicemail. Hey everyone, so what is the single most important thing in marriage? It's money, right? Message deleted. Nah, man, I I know plenty of people who have all of the money in the world and absolutely hate being together still. I mean, it makes it a lot easier. Like, you see all these celebrities that, you know, just kind of, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm married, but uh, I'm over this, so they just kind of move on. And they're able to do that because they have a whole bunch of money. If you're ready to move on, that's a lot easier if you have unlimited cash and you're not stuck with a person because you have to be with them. Mm-hmm. But you got to celebrate each other. That's in my opinion. Like if you guys stop cheerleading each other, being a team, being united on things like 
our kids are all being awful right now, uh, that makes it just so much harder. So I have one failed marriage behind me. <laughs> and, Same. And I say that because, you know, you're trying to figure out, a lot of times whenever you're going through that, you're like, oh, that, the other person was the problem. But like, obviously it takes two to tango. Mm-hmm. And I watched a video last night. It's funny that this was the, uh, the a voicemail today. I screenshotted it because apparently there's five agreements in a marriage and it is sex, power, money, words, and feelings. And like, you have to have agreements in some category, some way, shape or form that is mutual amongst all of those things. And I was like, oh, sheesh. Like, I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? If you are having a power struggle over money, like who's the breadwinner, who's not, you're not in agreement of, you know, a, a mutual, um, you know, a bank fund or whatever. Like if yeah. you're not okay with one aspect of those things, it kind of creates a, a crack in the concrete a little bit. And it's you, hard. You to- have to establish all those things in advance or can like I renegotiate the sex thing? I'm sure you might be able to rene- renegotiate. I mean, I don't know, dude. Why would you have to renegotiate? You got four kids. It's not like you're like slipping up. <laughs> What's the craziest thing you've ever done for the love of music? Message deleted. Oh, man, as a kid, like sneaking into concert venues, I was actually just watching a video that somebody sent me on social media of how to sneak into a festival. I mean, I'm not at the point in life where I'm going to do that now, but certainly when I was younger, it was a guy, he had a buddy of his dress up in like a a reflective vest with a hat on and a, a trash bag in one hand and was walking around picking up garbage. And then he was pulling the trash can behind him and his friend had jumped into the trash can. And so he just walked through the main entrance looking like he worked there. Yeah, and he's you just look like garbage. you belong there. Yeah. That's the easiest way to never, get in. Never look back. And then he, once he got inside, opens up the trash can, his buddy jumps out, he gets rid of the vest, and you've snuck in. But That's th- awesome. things like that all of the time when I was younger, man. Going, going to concerts that I really had no business to. I remember when I was a, is either a sophomore or a senior, or, or excuse me, a junior or senior in, in high school, my f- parents were uh, not big Metallica fans, shockingly. I was, and we snuck off and we drove from Columbia, South Carolina to Charlotte, North Carolina, which is, you know, hour and a half or so. But to stay over to a friend's house and not tell them that we were leaving the city to go to a Metallica concert. That was a big deal. If they if they would have found out that I did that, they would have absolutely killed me. Yeah. One thing that I've noticed that a lot of kids are doing that I do not agree with for the love of the game, the love of the music, is that they're going to these music festivals like Lollapalooza and burying booze in the ground. And then whenever they make it in the into the festival, yeah. they're digging it up. Yeah, I was no, going to tell I, you. I, to- I totally respect that, too. <laughs> I'm a regular Lollapalooza attender, at least in, in the last 15 years of my life. We've never actually done it, but have seen it happen. You've so. seen people unearth oh, yeah, the because, booze? Because that's a big wide <laughs> open park. You can access it any time uh, around the years. So. That's a great idea. This is the Dave and Mahoney. This is the Dave and Mahoney Show. So I have a new uh, Dale tale for you guys. Dale is the uh, the next door neighbor across the street from me in the uh, the cul-de-sac that we're in the process of moving into. it. And like I mentioned yesterday, I want to give him his credit where it is due. Uh, Dale did allow the 18-wheeler to partially drive on his lawn so it could get backed into our driveway, which I thought was a very nice thing to do. He knew what he was doing. He also, um, you know, offered once again to allow me to borrow a ladder if I need it. Because he used to be in the construction business, so he has, quote, a lot of ladders. I don't know about that. I don't know. That's a pretty big move. As somebody that sometimes needs a big ladder, having somebody with a big ladder that is not me, uh, it's nice to have somebody under off. I don't know if I would borrow a ladder from somebody. It just feels like that's a way to reopen the vacancy of the home. You think so? Yeah. I mean, okay. Dale just doesn't really seem like a... I don't know if I trust him yet. For me, it would make me feel like you'd come over and push me off that thing. So let me ask you this, uh, because he did, uh, again, very nice gesture, said that his wife, he was asking the actual day that we were going to move into the house, and unfortunately, I don't know the answer to that, because it's still so under construction, but he was asking, like, what day we were going to actually be there, because his wife was making us some lemon pound cake, which I thought was a really nice. I love lemon pound cake. But you're saying you don't trust him yet. Do you eat it? Okay. Ladder's different than pound cake. Pound cake, delicious. <laughs> ladder's not? Is that the logic Ladders, okay. um, I could also just trip off of it. It might not even be Dale's fault. You know, clumsiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could really use pound cake. Okay, so Audrey and Chris, uh, since both you guys have heard a little bit about Dale now, um, I've, I told you guys that the other day he was outside and he was installing another camera, a rain camera, oh, in, no. into the tree out front. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, and that, I was kind of looking, you know, like I saw the one that he was installing. I was like, that's interesting to install a ring camera in a tree mm-hmm. because his house is already covered in them. Where I saw at least three on the side of his house, just where the garage is. And then at least three or four on the front of his house. This man is paranoid. Well, so he was telling us that he just really loves technology. So I'm like, okay, fair enough. But he disclosed to us how many cameras in total he has in and around his house. And I'm just curious, how many cameras do you think that is? In and around total, got total to number be 20. Of total number of cameras, 20 cameras were in and around the house. I was—I don't know, like sixteen. How many? How 16. many possible areas and angles do you need to cover? Because sixteen and twenty feel excessive. Yeah. Like I mean, three well, is about kind of normal. I mean, so I, okay. twenty feels excessive. Twenty feels like you've got a whole production studio and you're doing something inside. I mean, I used to have my house set up where I had the ring doorbell on the front, the one in the back with the little spotlights. So there's okay. two. Yeah. There was one inside, like in the hallway area. Sure. And then there was one in the garage. So okay, so four. A total of four, and that—that that gave me pretty good coverage of the entire house at all times without, like, you know, going into the bedrooms. I stuff. did have a dozen in my last house. A dozen? Okay. Yes. But so I had everything, like driveway, garage, front patio, back door, uh, main levels, you know, every was entryway. There, was there anywhere that you couldn't see? Or no, you were basically no. a But casino. also, I put up, like, four of them in the backyard to cover every angle because I have small right. dogs. I want to be able sure. to see when they're, you know, running around. Absolutely. All that makes sense. So with That's that in mind, I'm, I'm going to up my number now because that, that doesn't seem excessive. I'm going to go with, like, 29 cameras. 29 cameras. Yeah. And Audrey, you're going. I have 12? no cameras, so <laughs> five feels like normal. Anything above that is excessive. And he's got five on the side of his of his outside of his house. Are you ready for this? Because I'm, I was. It's got to be like a hundred. Yeah, or I was going to say we need a drum roll for this one. Uh, he did. He said the total number of cameras in and around his house. 52. What? And he was kind what? of explaining it to me. Two so cameras. He used to be uh, on the fire department as well many years ago. And so he's, you know, as a safety precaution, he's like, I put a couple in the attic, you know, up where the AC units are, okay. you know, just in case okay. I ever smell smoke and I don't want to crawl up into the attic, I can just boop, boop and pull it up. So he's got cameras in the attic. He's got cameras outside. He's got cameras, I have assume, all over inside, right? But... I would feel like I wouldn't be able to walk around if I was his partner. Like, I would feel like I was on constant surveillance. Well, I, don't, I don't like well, that. Well, my question is, how many of those cameras are in the bedroom? Yeah. yeah. How many angles? Follow the Dave and Mahoney Show on social media at Dave and Mahoney. Because your home phone, cell phone, email, Facebook, Twitter, and home screen, all at the same time. They're everywhere. <laughs> 